Welcome to the Parents of Goers community. This podcast is for you and for me and for all of us, the stayers, as we choose to thrive with a child on mission. Hey, Hudson. Welcome to the Parents of Goers podcast. So um, tell me, what time is it where you are right now? It's currently 9 p.m. All right. So Hudson is 13 Mm -hmm. hours ahead of us. So you're already going to get started on, let me see, Thursday before we do. So That's true. Yes. Yep. So I, I recruited you to the podcast because in several episodes, we've talked about what goers do. And so you kind of have a unique perspective, you know, not only through your adult goer eyes, but through the eyes of a child. Tell me about that. Yeah. So as you mentioned before, hinted at, my parents are currently overseas um, doing the work in Central Asia. And so I grew up, spent the first 17 years of my life in Asia, just growing up as a kid, living, living life, learning lots. And are you in Central Asia as well? Uh, currently, I, we are in Southeast Asia. Okay. So still Asia, just a okay. little bit different. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, you have a unique perspective that a lot of your teammates probably don't. Mm-hmm. So has that... Um, well, before we go a little further, just tell us a little bit about yourself. We didn't really have you introduce mm-hmm. yourself as we normally do. So um, you know, tell me about your family, um, where you're from. I don't know what you say about that. Um, you know, your background, how you got to missions, um, maybe even how your parents got to missions. Uh, yeah. Anything else that we should know about you? Sick. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my name's Hudson. Oops. Just kidding. Don't put that last name. Yeah. I'll, I'll cut that. Hudson, did Mm -hmm. they, did your parents (laughs) name you after Hudson Taylor? Uh, indirectly kind of. Uh, Okay. It wasn't. On accident, but it wasn't like the sole purpose, I guess. Okay. Say, we're going to name our kid after a missionary. Yeah. Not Mm -hmm. like that. Okay. Not like that. Yeah. But I mean, Central Asia is pretty close to China. So, you know, some more stuff. True. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. So my name is Hudson. And like I said before, I grew up in Central Asia. I was born in London, England, actually, because the medical system in Central Asia is not great back 22 years ago. So, so they traveled flew. all the way mm-hmm. to England. Yeah. I think she was, she had like three months left or something like that. So my mom spent a lot of time in England. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's interesting. So, okay. Yeah. Go on. Born in England. Um, yeah. Grew up in Central Asia, spent 17 years of my life there and then went to college at Iowa state. Let's go. Um, wow. Was that a huge adjustment? It, there's definitely a lot of culture shock. There was many slang and phrases and stuff that I had never heard of coming in. And yeah, there's just a learning experience for sure. Wow. I'm thankful that, yeah, growing up in a community that was pretty, it's a pretty big community. So I had lots of friends from America growing up. So I definitely knew how to interact with Americans, but it definitely was a new, a new challenge. How often did you come back to America? Probably every, on average, probably like every three years for up to two to six months. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you had some familiarity with the culture. 
Yeah. 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 And I mean, like my parents raised me and my brother in an American culture, basically like spoke English, had American food for dinner most nights. So, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you know this, but your mother used to be a babysitter for my girls when I taught at Iowa state. So that's an interesting, yeah. How, how paths cross again. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) that's crazy. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. She's pretty great. Yeah. (laughs) I think so too. So you grew up in um, central Asia Mm-hmm. for 17 years, came back to Iowa, went to mm-hmm. Iowa State. To tell me what happened after Iowa State. So actually, yeah, right after graduating Iowa State, I accepted this job that I have right now and moved overseas. Wow. So how, not much time between. How long have you been there? Um, so I've had this job for seven months, but we got into country Pretty much exactly 100 days ago, maybe like 102 days ago, something like that. So a little oh, over three months. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very good. So yeah, you had indicated your parents, you know, they're still overseas. Um, mm-hmm. Were they supportive of this decision? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously they understand the call more than, right. definitely more than I do, more than most parents do, I'm sure. Um, and so it honestly kind of surprised me when at first they're a little hesitant not that they were against me going overseas or anything like that. They understood that people need to hear the gospel everywhere. And there are a lot of lost people in Southeast Asia, Central Asia, Central Asia everywhere. Um, but I think there's that motherly slash fatherly instinct that like, oof, I don't want my kid to be going somewhere that could potentially be dangerous. Right. Even though I would probably say that where they live is probably more dangerous than where I live right now. But still, they have that worry. Huh. Of course. And that's mm-hmm. why we're doing these podcasts. To yeah. tell people like, hey, your kids are being taken care of and we're watching out mm-hmm. for them. And it's really <laughs> good for us to just learn more about what you do. So yeah, huh, for sure. that's interesting to me that they originally kind of had that instinct like, oh, mm-hmm. can we send our, are you the oldest? You're the oldest son. I'm the oldest, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So can we send our oldest child, you know, far away from us where, you know, if something happened, we might not be able to get to him immediately, although mm-hmm. they are closer mm-hmm. Then like I am. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then I was when my when my kids were overseas. So Mm -hmm. um yeah, so we've started a series, like I said, on the blog that gives some explanation to parents about what your job entails. Um, so let's expand on that a little bit. So tell us what a typical day, you've just completed one, what a typical Mm -hmm. day looks like. Yeah. Um, so right now being three months in country. There are three main goals that we have as a team right now, which is learning language, learning culture, and just building a plan or the resources for longevity. Um, Because we don't want to be a team that is here and then kind of a quick flash in the pan and can't make it or has problems and has to leave. So building those roots, trying to grow deeper. Hmm. Um, So yeah, a typical day would be waking up, having class for the first three, four hours of the day. Um, so basically back to college, <laughs> trying wow. to learn the language, having is 20 hours language of class. Learning, is language learning easier for you since you were raised in a culture, you know, with a language that wasn't English? Um, I think so. Yeah. So back in Central Asia, my parents sent me and my brother to kindergarten through sixth grade of the local school in 
the local language. So we learned pretty quickly. And so I think that kind of changed our right. brains a little bit to exactly. be more ready to get a new language and put it into action. Right. And so how is your routine different than like what you saw your parents doing as a kid? Mm. I think, so me and my parents, we are through different companies. Um, Got it. So I'd say what's unique about the company I'm with right now is it's very team oriented and yeah, just tries to have a healthy uh, healthy relationships between the team. So a lot more team contact points, I'd say is the biggest difference. Whereas I felt like my parents are probably, they definitely had a team around them, but they were more on their own hmm. um, than I feel right now. Like hmm. there's not a day that goes by that I'm not surrounded by my teammates and hmm. living life with them. Yeah. That feels good to a parent to hear that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And it, it might be a little bit generational. I think teams um, mm-hmm. that we send overseas now are really encouraged to be each other's family. Whereas mm-hmm. maybe before it was a little more of an individual job, even though yeah. they had a team. So yeah, yeah that yeah. feels really good to, to hear you say like, oh, my team is, is around me and we're working together all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really, really good. Um, so let's go back to language learning a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Why do you think it would be easier for someone who's learned a, you know, an additional language in their childhood to learn one in their adulthood? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know exactly the science, but I think there is some sort of change in your physical brain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, neural Neural pathways. Mm -hmm. There's something that's changed. So you're um, able to pronounce sounds probably. Um, Mm. You know, you you have a span of time where you can develop certain sounds and -hmm. you're probably able to pronounce some sounds that maybe someone born in America raised on English couldn't even Mm. pronounce or tones maybe. True. Yeah. yeah. So the language that I'm learning right now has a lot of rolling of the R's and we don't have that in in English, but in the language that I grew up around, they have rolling R's. So it's an easy translate transition compared to some people on my team. So you've been in country for a hundred days or Mm -hmm. or so. So do people um, that you interact with, do they think your, your language is really good? Uh, I mean, they're the people I'm around are very, very warm people, very generous. So they, they love complimenting people. So I don't know if they're genuine, but they definitely do say that <laughs> our language is great. <laughs> huh. That's mm-hmm. really interesting. Yeah, it is true. Um, yeah. Somebody needs to study that and get on here and talk about it, how your brain is changed. Um, mm-hmm. if you learn a foreign language as a, as a child, um, it's a huge benefit for you because it probably wasn't yeah. so strange as a kid to learn a new language. It's kind of mm-hmm. what you did. True. Yeah. Yeah. But as an adult, do you see your team members struggling? I think there are definitely some teammates that have a harder time than others. I think there are also, honestly, like I'm not the best at language on my team. There are people on my team that I think are just more naturally gifted mm-hmm. towards learning language. But it definitely helps. I feel like without the learning language when I was a kid, I'd probably be one of the worst. So that little bump helps me get up there. So is your language now similar to the language you learned as a kid? I mean, as far as like writing it and things? Um, No. It's not at all. completely different. Wow. (laughs) Very interesting. Very interesting. But just having having more places to pull from, like more sounds, like you said, to pull from or Mm -hmm. phrases, it's easier to put into practice. Is -hmm. the culture completely different. So the language is completely different from the language of your childhood. Is the culture completely different or are there similarities? Um, there are definitely 
it's definitely not super similar, but there are some similarities. I think just the, the common Asian hospitality huh. of people being warm and welcoming and like finding honor in yeah, shame, honor, being culture. nice to you. Yeah. Okay. Shame, honor, culture. Okay. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We live in like an innocence guilt culture, I think is what we call it in the West. Mm-hmm. And, and you live in a shame, honor culture. It's a really interesting concept. So mm-hmm. um, we'll have to go into that sometime on the podcast. So um, you've been there for three months uh, about maybe a little over. So what, what's something you've learned about God since going overseas? Mm. So, yeah, I think coming overseas, I definitely came because of my background with a level of maybe pride, definitely confidence Hmm. um, in my ability to survive overseas Hmm. and almost survive on my own. I'm like, I can do this. I've done this for 17 years. This will be easy. Um, But something that God's graciously been teaching me, even though it hasn't been easy, is just how weak I am and how much every day I need his strength to do simple things like get a meal or talk to the taxi driver. Right. Um, yeah. Just a lot of seeing my weakness and almost boasting in my weakness because that shows Christ's strength. Huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do you, how do you push through that when you feel weak, you know, like, Oh no, what if I can't order the meal I want? Do you just, mm-hmm. just do it anyway and, and trust that God's going to see you through? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely examples of, I think I'm ordering something and something completely opposite shows up or just like with, with housing situations, I think I'm telling the people I want to paint this, this, and then they end up painting the whole house a different color. Like, I don't know, there's random things, but wow, I think being flexible is definitely a big characteristic of being successful overseas. Yeah. Adaptability, mm-hmm. adaptability. Yes. That is mm-hmm. a key. So, um, so that I had asked you what you learned about God. And you kind of mm-hmm. told me what you learned about yourself. Mm-hmm. So is there anything that that maybe you've learned about um, God's character or your team mm-hmm. has shown yeah. you? I think, yeah, going off of what I learned about myself being my weakness, yeah. I've learned about God's strength and oh. his compassion and even strength in ways that I hadn't known before, like how he's has a gentle strength. It's not just this fierce, fiery God. Like he's, he's loving and accepting and just comes with open arms. So give me a practical example of that. How have you, how have you seen him as a gentle, strong God? Mm. Um, Because sometimes we would classify him as either gentle or strong, mm. Mm -hmm. but you combined those two. Yeah. I think the first thing that comes into mind is, I don't know if we can do book recommendations on here, but I just oh, yeah. started reading a new book called oh, yeah. Gentle and Lowly. Oh yeah. That's which, a, that's a good one. I've read it and book. recommended yeah. it. Yeah. Mm, it's great. I'll, um, so yeah, I'll I just link, started that. Link that idea to the mm-hmm. podcast. Yeah. So, so just learning that he is a God that isn't just obsessed with like results or, mm. Mm. disappointed in failures or sin or anything mm. like that, but just seeing him as that his natural posture isn't one of condemning, but like welcoming mm. and being gentle to the weak and the lost. Cause right now I definitely feel weak. So right. knowing that there's a God that is gentle and is accepting and loving and welcoming. 
Right. Have been he's not, great to know. He's not that kind of God, even though sometimes we visualize him, you know, with a big club up yeah. in heaven saying, <laughs> get in line. He does want us to obey, but he is also very fatherly. And I've mm. often called him a gentle schoolmaster because yeah. he takes us through lessons and he teaches us the things we need to know, but not in the way that maybe the schools in your country do it, you know, but <laughs> in the way that is really good for us and makes us feel loved. Yeah. So, very cool. Mm. Very cool. So, um, you know, I had mentioned before that you're a third culture kid. Do you call yourself that or you call yeah. yourself like a missionary kid? What's a, um, what's a third yeah, culture Yeah, both work. Kid? So, yeah, third culture kid, TCK. Yeah, what um, is that? Basically, the best way I know how to explain it is I grew up in a culture okay. where I don't fit specifically in that culture. So in the culture I grew up with, Central Asian culture, but I'm coming in here with American parents and huh. growing up in an American family. So, yeah. and then I am also from technically, like I look like I'm from America, which is a different culture. So the third huh. culture is basically combining the culture I grew up in and the culture that I look like and sometimes act like I'm from okay. and making that third culture. Huh. So the third culture mm-hmm. is the, the culture your family has created. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah. It's good. I kind of knew that, but I wanted you to explain it in your words from mm-hmm. your experience. So, um, speaking of your parents, I'm sure they'll listen to this because they'll be so proud of you. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so you can say, hi, mom and dad. Um, what's up? Yeah. Very good. So <laughs> what's something you wish they and the other parents listening knew about your life there? Yeah, I think. I touched on it a little bit earlier, but just the family nature of the team. Um, I think it's definitely scary to send your kid off with strangers. I didn't know the people that are on my team right now. I didn't know any of them six yeah, months that, ago. That is fear inducing mm. for me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, for, for me too, like walking in, yeah. having no idea. Right. Um, but just the family aspect of it and growing together spiritually, but also physically you spend a lot of hours together and you're going through new situations, new culture together. And so just having the, the loving support of this team has been super, super awesome, super helpful and just such a giant blessing. Um, so yeah, for my parents and yeah, go for it. More than you would have imagined. Did you think for sure? Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Closer than I would have imagined closer than like I saw my parents with their team. Um, yeah, just, yeah. So for anyone, any parents or even my parents that are worried about sending your kid off to go with strangers to a strange land, like Uh this family is, is beautiful. And yeah, that is a good word. Hudson. That's a good word. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. That will put a lot of parents kind of anxious heart to, to, to rest mm. to at ease um, because they are worried about sending their child off to a strange land with strange people. So yeah, that's mm. a really wonderful thing that you describe it as a beautiful family. That's what we all mm. want. Beautiful family. Oh yeah. So you, um, you are, like you said, in a strange land with not so strange people anymore though, with a family. Sure. How should we be praying for you? How should we be praying for your team? Like what mm. would encourage you the most. So how, how should we be praying for you? And then what can we do to encourage you as parents? 
Mm. Um, so I think a way to pray, and this is regardless of like location or the team, but just having to rely on him. And so just praying that your kid or your kid's team or just random teams on the field that will, they will rely solely on him and know that we can do nothing without him Mm. and just having confidence in that. That's a good word because as a parent, um, we want to rescue you from your Mm. suffering. Mm -hmm. But I think what you're saying is no, our suffering is actually doing something. Mm, Our suffering is making us weak. So we have to lean on the strong one, God. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So as a parent, don't rescue your kid. You can commiserate. No. That probably feels good. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. And and support saying, mm-hmm. I'm gonna do something to get you out of this. That's not the right step. Yeah. So um what would encourage you? What what do you like when your parents like do for you? Like um as far as like communication or ask you questions, what mm-hmm. encourages you the most when your your parents do it? Yeah, I mean, they check in pretty regularly and pray for me a lot. I think probably the most encouraging thing is just seeing how they get their team to pray for me. Like I've received multiple emails from my parents' teammates and they're like, Hey, we prayed about you today. Here's, they give me advice. They're like, cause they have more experience than I do. They've been overseas a lot longer. So they give me advice, give me books versus just a lot of great encouragement. Um, So yeah, I would say like a practical step is just like, checking in on mm. your kids and responding to update letters too. Like I have some of my wow. friends, parents that email me after my update letter with encouragement. And it's just, yeah, it's super encouraging. So do you Very mainly good. communicate with people like via email or is there a, like we're having kind of a video chat? Mm-hmm. Is that kind of what, how your parents check in? Like when our kids um, were in Asia, um, you know, there's two sets of families. So we had a a designated every other weekend call with them. That was Mm -hmm. a video chat. I may check in, you know, I may have checked in texting or um, a FaceTime thing, but we had an every other week on the calendar video chat, which was super helpful to us knowing that it was scheduled. And, Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes I don't know if you do this. Sometimes we'd have the siblings also check in at that time. So we had like a family chat. You ever talk to your brother? Yeah, we actually just two nights ago had me and my brother, and my parents. Oh, chat so you had a little hours. family chat also. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, so that's that's a really viable option for those people saying I feel kind of like I'm far away, and um, yes, you are, but you can still stay close with your kid. So, mm-hmm. um, so you're encouraged when your parents check in on you. You don't feel like they're uh, hovering. Mm, no, not usually. <laughs> Good. I think parents yeah. think, okay, they need to be over there and they need to kind of adjust. So they might be afraid mm. of checking in too often. Mm. Can they check in too often? I think, I think it might be possible, but I feel like if they know, if they have an understanding that there's some things that they're not going to understand and that their kid needs to go through, yeah, um, checking in whenever they can should be. Mm-hmm. a good step. Mm. Yeah. So I like I would that. also add, yeah, go ahead. I'd also add sometimes people are afraid because they have to use security language right. um, to text or talk to people. Yeah. Right. Safe words. Um, so they end up just getting too stressed about that and not communicating at all. 
So something right. that I would encourage is like, just go for it. I mean, definitely use security words, but you can still say, I love you and I'm praying for you without breaking any safe words. Very like, good. Yeah. That's, that is a good segue to kind of end our talk. Yeah. So parents check in with your kids, um, pray for them and tell them, it sounds like you're encouraged when you hear people tell you, Hey, we're praying for you. Mm-hmm. So, um, tell your kids, you're praying for them, have other people pray for them and tell them you love them. Tell them that you're there for them. So yeah. Well, thanks so much. Um, for meeting us today and joining us on the podcast and um, for just giving us your unique perspective on, you know, being a a missionary kid, a third culture kid, and um, just giving us some really comforting words that you're okay. You're going to be okay. And people are taking care of you because God is good and he's strong and he's gentle. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I'm going to let you go to bed and I'm going to start my day. Perfect. Yeah, so thanks for joining us, Hudson. And um, thank you. That's been really fantastic. Okay. For sure. We'll see ya. All right. Bye bye. See ya.